What's poppin', what's poppin', what's poppin'? Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. Sup, Moose? What up, y'all? And look, you heard we had Carl. You heard we had CJ. If you didn't go back to those two, before you even talk about this one, right? Yeah, before this one. Before this one. But <laughs> we have the man himself, the, the number one motivational speaker. Google him if you want to. Uh, the one, the only, E.T., the hip-hop preacher, Eric Thomas. Hey. Hey. Moose. The man to make the legend. Moose. Hey, Moose, you know I don't like to go here, but... Uh, wait, E, recently... wait, 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 E, wait, uh, you're not there yet. You're not... <laughs> uh, oh, my bad. <laughs> He's talking... He, he did the same thing CJ did. He talked yeah, from behind he... the stage. Yeah, wait, he wait, said, wait, hey, wait. come cut my mic on. I'm, I'm ready. Moose, Moose, first words, first words. What'd you think about my man? Life-changing, man. Life ch- I mean, I, you know, my whole life story is composed. Uh, a big part of it is because of this man. So, yeah, life-changing. I'll keep it short. <laughs> All right, let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. Now, before we get into E, you already know we got to do the review of the week. This one's done by Cassandra. I really hope I don't mess up these names, but I think that's right. This one's good. I, I'm good? Hey, yeah, yeah. I'm Cassandra. good. There we go. So this one says, wow, just wow. This has got to be my absolute favorite episode thus far. I felt like Carl was talking directly to me because this is my life. I've already listened to this episode a couple of times. I so needed this. I need to move my mass. Move the mass. <laughs> Shout out I love to that Carl. part. Move the mass. <laughs> Yo, I didn't even know what he meant by that. But it was deep. But let's get into, you see him if you're on YouTube. Shout out to all our YouTube viewers. Uh, but if not, you're about to hear E.T., the hip-hop preacher, Eric Thomas. Hey. What's up, E? The mighty what doctor. What up, what up, what up? Hey, I, um, I don't remember what gig it was, but I was doing a gig recently, and the young lady who was doing the intro, she said something that was, man, uh, I mean, empowering. She said, you're not the number one motivational speaker in the world. You are the undisputed number one motivation hey. in the world. I was like, no oh, you competition. Know I'm on this. Hey, yeah. you, you, you the bomb. You know, the bomb. Now. Yeah, you know, I'm into <laughs> words now. And um, you know, words are meaningful, bro. And I think, you know, you you've been you've been talking about it moose for some time now, how one, we don't use words properly. You know, like mm-hmm. how what the intent of the word. Like most of us, I'm just gonna be real. A lot of the words that I learned, I didn't learn them through the dictionary. A lot of the words that I learned, I learned secondhand. You know, I learned hearing them from people. So I, I'll be honest, I never really went to the dictionary or to the source. And 
you, you know what I'm saying? Like really got the root of the word, the definition of the word and words have different meanings. But so I've been on this journey of, you know, e, you need to be very careful of the words that you use, the words that you let in, you know? And so that was a word. It, it wasn't even about competition for me, but it was about, you know, really embracing my calling. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yo, yo, you are the undisputed, you know what I'm saying? Heavyweight champ in the world. It doesn't mean that, you know, other people who speak don't speak whatever, but it's just saying in my space, in my world, I don't have to belittle myself or I don't have to play small. You know, I don't have to play small so that other people don't feel, no, it's like, e, let your light shine, bro. You know, and if anything, it's going to empower other people. So when she said it, I'm not going to lie. The way she said it, maybe it's what she said and how she said it. She said, you're the undisputed. I was like, that's an adjective that describes, you know, not just my calling, but how potent, you know, uh, my my calling is and, and, and what it meant to her. Because she said it. I didn't say it. She said it. So, wow. uh, so yeah, man. Good morning to the to the two of you. How you guys doing? Amazing. Amazing. Good, good, good. Um, how, first, wait, wait. Before we get into it, I think the peop- the first question, Musa, I, n- I know you wanted to go, but what time do you go to sleep? Man, it's crazy now, y'all. Like, so I'm going to answer it in two ways. So I'm going to answer it, you know, the first 30 years of my career, 9, 15, 9, 30, you know, no later than 10. I'm in a different space now, you know what I'm saying? I'm in retirement mode. Uh, I still probably work as as hard as most humans do uh, but 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 I probably don't go to bed now to about 10 30 11 but back in my heyday about 9 9 15 9 30 you know what I'm saying every 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 day probably except for maybe Saturday night I might stay up a little later but during my heyday 9 15 9 30 was my go-to yes yeah, so, sorry boots I know you had the whole setup but that was hey, one of the most requested uh <laughs> answers Till this day, like I still yeah. read the comments on some. When do you go to sleep? You wake up at three. But do you, you ever sleep? Three. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. Well, not yeah. no Now I don't. Now it's like now I don't. I'll probably get about three, four, easy. You know what I'm saying? But wow. in my heydays, I needed about six. Mm. Mm. A different breed. A different breed, indeed. Good stuff, Doc. You know, it's uh, obviously we're on the verge of a new year. Right, we're yeah. preparing for a new year, yeah. a- and a large majority of the people know who ET the Hip Hop Preacher is today. What I want you to kind of start in our first question is, talk to us about that first moment of embracing the call, right? Uh, discovering the purpose or this vision. Like, what was that like? Like, where was the the starting point for Eric Thomas? Yeah, I think it's. I, I think we have to look at two destinations. You know, um, one I was on campus uh, doing a ministry called the Bell Tower Ministries, and just being real with you, Moose, um, most people don't know this, but I didn't start as a speaker. Uh, I started almost like what would be considered an event coordinator. You know, you had mm-hmm. two other guys that was man extremely gifted as speakers. Uh, Irvin Daphnis, we call him Black, and Trey Hayden, we call him Trey. I was kind of like the third wheel, you know, if you will. And um, so my responsibility was, you know, I was the hype man, knock on the dorms. You know, I would go to the different 
dorms, cafeteria, you know, and just let people know about the Bell Tower because it was a new ministry we started on campus. And we really started it as an alternative to like the traditional old school stuff. A lot of young people weren't feeling, um, you know, the church services. They weren't necessarily feeling some of the, um, you know, required worship um, stuff we had to do in our dorms. And so we started something new every Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. It was like 7.30 at night in the middle of the campus. It was a bell tower. Like some of the, um, you know, alum from like maybe 50 years ago had built this bell tower right in the middle of the campus. So, of course, they had the bell and then these seats around like this stone. And, um, you know, so I I didn't really get an opportunity to speak like that in the beginning. Uh, But what happened was, you know, my boys were like stupid involved on campus uh, Trey was with um, the choir and a couple other things. Irv was like a student leader. So every blue moon, they would not show up to the event. So I used the MC, you know, uh, host it, opened up the door for them, introduced them. And so on a couple occasions, they didn't make it. So I had to speak. And I remember my first message was like, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a sucker? And you had a lot of dudes who weren't really feeling like the the religious thing, they weren't feeling sermons. They grew up in church, went to church school. So they just weren't really feeling it. They finally had their freedom in college. So they ain't necessarily had to get down like that. But when I would speak, cats would be like, whoa, like that's different. It's raw. You know what I'm saying? Like it's raw. Um, it's, it's unconventional, but like at the same time, it's hidden. And so it, it was during that time frame that I realized like, yo, I got something. Like I have something that, a group of people desire that they want. And then I also ran a GED program in the hood. Um, um, it was like in our projects, they called them. So um, it was Norwood, Mason Court, you know. And so I would teach a GED program. But what I would do before we started class is I would read a devotional by Dennis Kimbrough, um, Daily, Daily Motivation for African-American Success. And a lot of the students would come. They didn't necessarily stay to learn. But they always came for the motivational moments. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, yo, E, I can't stay. They always have an excuse. But they would come for that motivation. They would come for that fire. And then I started realizing at a young age, I was probably like 20, 21. I started realizing like, yo, I got a different brand of speaking. Like, you know, it's not it's not the traditional boy, but a lot of, um, I don't know, you call them borderline people, everyday type people. They was feeling my uh, they was feeling my swag, so it was it was there that I realized like yo I got something, and I just realized that I needed to, I needed to work on it like and do it consistently, so I wouldn't uh, you know so I wouldn't lose it one, and then I could build on that momentum. Hmm. No doubt. So so e, um, we on on this podcast have been going in on the flight assessment, right? Okay. And you have and my baby, yeah, and my baby. <laughs> you you have been like the the leader of of the flight assessment, but and, and you've screamed out, "I am a flight attendant. This is who I am. I've embraced it." But talk to the people about before the flight assessment, like. What what was an an E before the flight assessment? Before he realized who like he really was and totally embraced it. Like, what is the difference? Yeah, um, 
So let me just be real with y'all. Okay, so let's look at it like I, I like to um I like to create, you know, imagery, right? So let's just look at it like a car. You know, um uh, before the flight assessment, like it was a fire, you know, brand new car. You could smell the seats, you know what I'm saying? You got me, C, Carl, you know, uh in the car originally. You know, me and C originally, then Carl, you know, then we start filling it up, Lashana, you know what I'm saying, Ken, you know what I'm saying? We just start filling it up, uh, Tay. Um, so, I mean, we just traveling across the country in this car, you know what I'm saying? Stopping at the gas station, filling up, grabbing snacks, you know, seeing the world, you know, um, I'm talking about invigorating, you know, the uh, sunroof open, windows down, music blasting, you know what I'm saying? Like listening to our favorite hits, you know, uh, I'm going old school, they going new school, you know, we got snacks in the car. I mean, we having a, we having a blast, you know, um. But I think when we got the flight assessment, we got a GPS system. You know, we ain't had no GPS system when we first got that joker. You know what I'm saying? We were just driving, getting lost a little bit, you know, definitely on the way, but getting lost a little bit, you know. Um, we, but with the flight assessment, you know, uh, way more control of the vehicle. You know, I got two children. I tell people all the time, if my son drove 80 miles per hour, I wouldn't be tripping. My daughter drove 65, I'd be tripping. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because Bull got a little bit more control when he drives than my daughter. Like, she didn't have a lot of control of the vehicle, you feel me? And so when we got the flight assessment, it was like way more clarity, you know, way more focus, you know, way more direction. You know what I'm saying? We, we were able to execute at a much higher level, you know? So 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 before the excitement, I mean, before the uh, flight assessment, invigorating, you know, life-changing, you know, um, 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 just, you know, just hype, just, you know, just all of that. But, but once, once we got that flight assessment, way more control, you know, way more control, sense of awareness, you know, like I said, way more focused, like way more systematic. Like we, we went from, as I talk about in the video, just being all over the place to becoming snipers, you know, and it's crazy because when I start something now, I literally begin with the end in mind and then I reverse engineer and then start taking the steps. Whereas before it was like no steps. It's just like you get in that, get in there, push the gas. So we wasted a lot of resources, wasted a lot of time, had a lot of fun, changed a lot of lives, seen a lot of places. And I, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Been around the world and I, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But with the flight assessment, way more um, deliberate, way more intentional way more strategic, you know, and like I said, execute and get way more done. And I just think everybody know their role. So it's like now I might've been driving, CJ wanted to drive, we fighting who want to drive, Carl every blue moon want to drive. You know, now it's like, yo, we know CJ's supposed to drive. I'm in the passenger seat doing my thing, Carl in the back supporting, you know what I'm saying? So just way more clarity, man, way more focus, man. I'm with it, I'm with it. Moose. Yeah, Doc, talk to the people, man, for those who either have never been introduced to the flight assessment who have, or who have taken it like 10, 15 years ago and have a bias towards it. Like, ah, I, I already know what I am, right? So talk to us about maybe in your own words, how would you describe what it is? Yeah, I don't know if it's about I know who I am, you know? Um, because had I taken a test, not, you know, I never even thought about it, Moose, until you just said it. But, I mean, you got to think about it. I never took a test or an assessment in isolation. You know, I I took it 
with a with a gang, with a family. You know what I'm saying? It was a bunch of us, you know. So figuring out, you know, who I am, if I'm the quarterback, if I'm the running back, if I'm the wide receiver, you know, if I'm a linebacker, safety, you know what I'm saying? Figuring that out was important because it's like, you know, we're a family, we're a team. And now it's like, who should be on the bus? You know, where should we be sitting and what should we be doing? So I would just say to me, Moose, it's not about you. You know, if anybody's taking it and it's just about them, yeah, that's probably why you took it and didn't get nothing from it. But when you are just trying to discover your world, you know, who are the players in your world? What are the strengths? What are the limitations? You know, who should be where? Who should be doing what so we can win this game? You know what I'm saying? So we can win this game called life so we can get the most out of life. You know, who am I? Who am my wife? Who's my son, my daughter? You know, who who are the people on my staff? So, yeah, if you took it by yourself and it was just about, oh, I'm a this, I'm a that. Yeah, it probably I don't know because I ain't take it by myself. It's probably whack. But if you're doing it with a um, if you're doing it with a family, a group of people that you love, that you care for, and you're trying to make sense of your world and you're trying to put everybody, you know, in the most effective role so you can get the most out of them and the most out of life. Yeah, bro, I would say to anybody who don't want to be average good, you want to be great or phenomenal, you know, and you realize that no man or woman is an island and you want to be a part of a community and you want to contribute, you know, and again, you want to win and not just win once, but you want to win twice and three times. Like you want a dynasty, you want to create a legacy, you know, I would say take the assessment. So for me, bro, it's not about just me. Of course, yeah, I'm a flight assessment, like Nikki said, like that's what I do. I'm, I'm a flight attendant, like that's what I do. I'm a people person, you know what I'm saying? Like, I love to get involved and engage with people. I like to share my opinions. Like, you know, I'm very emotional, of course, but not on an island. That's in the context of a family, of a team, you know? So yeah, if you are, uh, if you're taking this joker and it's just about you and you like, it's like a class, of course it's not going to work. But if you're doing it to explore, to discover, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, to take your life to the next level, then I, I would say, you, you got to come back and do this thing again. And this time when you do it, you know what I'm saying? Do it right. Don't do it independently or selfish, selfishly. Do it in the context of a community or the context of a family. Powerful. going to do these, these yeah. horns all day again. Um, e, so let's, let's talk to the people who may be confused about the fly assessment. Like, all right, I want to know about E and E's brand and everything. So let's bring it back to the basics of, uh, you knew you had something special, you know, like you're a people person, you had a gift, right? When did you fully embrace that and said, you know what, this could be a thing, even before the flight assessment and really being able to strategically move in that way. Right. But was there a particular day, situation, event that you were like, okay, this isn't bad. Like me being who I am isn't bad. This is actually going to impact the world. Is there a particular day or situation for that? So let me say this. I, I truly believe in all my heart that we all have something, you know, and when people take the test, they'll know what I'm talking about. And what's so crazy you know, Nikki is it's only four personalities. And of course, you know, combinations, some blends. You feel me? But for the most part, everybody born with that. When you look at E.T., you like, yo, E.T. got that Genesee quad. He just got that it. We all got it, y'all. 
I'm just being real. But here's what happens. Some of us, we recognize it and we foster it. And so for me, fast forward to the flight assessment, all that was was me saying I got to continue to develop what I know I already have. Because it's not one of those things where you find out what you have and you use it and then it's just it. You don't have to develop it no more. It's just like, yo, I found out what I am. I use it. I'm good to go. It doesn't work like that. And then when you start switching up with different people, you start switching up with different environments. Like, you, you, you get what I'm saying? So that's why you got to keep studying because I wasn't with Nikki 20 years ago. I wasn't with Moose 20 years ago. I wasn't with Carl 20 years ago. I wasn't with CJ 20 years ago. So the reason why you got to keep studying is because you're getting around new people and you're in new environments. I wasn't, wasn't no social media when I first started doing this. But let me, let me be real with y'all because what a lot of y'all don't know is when I first discovered my gift, it was rough because I wasn't in the right environment with my gift. So let me just explain something to you guys. You got to imagine, you know, I went to Oakwood University, which is a, which is, which is a unique uh, HBCU. These are kids who come from all over the world, not just, um, not just America. They come from all over the world. And most of them have gone to you know, a specific high school, middle school, elementary school, their whole life. They've gone to their, you know, their own schools. And then Oakwood is like the only black Adventist college in the world. You know, and so these kids come from all over. I'm talking about geniuses, um, strong in math and science, you know, engineering, like lawyers, doctors, like unbelievable. You know, some of my friends that I went to school with, they're doing some amazing things. But you have to understand that I came in as a high school dropout. So when I discovered this gift to speak, it was difficult at Oakwood because I didn't have the language they had. I felt inferior. Um, There were some... Um, historical language codes, rules they was using. You got to imagine these kids been with each other since they were, you know, five, six, seven years old. And a lot of them went to boarding school together. So imagine they left their parents and they're in a boarding academy together. So they got a relationship out of this world. It's funny, Moose. I never talk about this, but, um, you know, because these kids went to different schools, one of their, um, um, I don't know what you call it, traditions, but at each school, and I think about it now, it's like, yo, bro, it's crazy, but they literally all wore sweaters. So like they had Letterman jackets from high school, but it was sweaters. And so each school had their own different sweater. And so they would rock their sweaters on like a Tuesday, everybody. You feel me? Everybody had on their sweater, bro. Like they Richie Rich sweater. You feel me? So it's like the long Letterman sweater and, and they had their nicknames on it. They had their school colors. I'm walking around as a high school dropout, bro. I don't got Jack. I don't got T-shirt. You feel me? I ain't got a T-shirt. And so just being in that environment around people who took school serious since they was like in kindergarten, I just felt inferior. And so even though I had a gift, I was very apprehensive about using my gift. But let me tell y'all what I did that changed the game for me. We had a, um, our saying was enter to learn, depart to serve. So what I would do is go in the hood. And when I was in the hood serving, when I started speaking in the hood, like the hood loved me. You feel me? And it was in that environment that I was like, yo, I got something. So I never really craved, you know, being on a college campus, trying to compete with other people. I actually got strong on campus, off campus. So when I would go into people's homes and talk to them one-on-one, sit on the curves with cats, and we would chop it up at the basketball court, I'd sit on the bench hollering at the little shorties while they was waiting to get in next. And that's where I started honing my gift. Like, I ain't hone my gift on stage. I, I hone my gift on the block. 
And so for a lot of us, you're going, you, you're going to discover who you are, but I'm telling you, this test is important, but this assessment is important. But what's also important is the environment, right? It's going to show you what environment you thrive in. You know what I'm saying? Who you thrive in with. Like, it's going to take the guessing game out. And for a lot of y'all, your biggest problem is you don't know what your, what your purpose is in life. I'm telling you, within a 15 minute, you take 15 minutes to take this boy. And I promise you, all of the questions you got, they're going to be over. And so for me, I got a chance to be around young people who were doing it. And so me not being as smart as them, but I'm as competitive as them. You know what I'm saying? I'm from the block. So I'm competitive. So I'm seeing them speaking. I start speaking, realize I got something. But again, I felt inferior on the college campus. So I took it off campus. And off campus is where I started to shine. And, and again, a lot of y'all, you know me as a public speaker, but if you ain't been in a room with me one-on-one, like it, I do, it's one thing I do on stage. It's something totally I do when I'm sitting across the, when I'm sitting across the desk from you. Like if I'm in a prison and I'm talking to a kid one-on-one or a small group, that's where I really shine. So again, you think the stage is where I shine. That's not where I shine. I shine one-on-one, small groups. Like that's when I can really get intimate. You can feel my heart because I know what my gift is. My gift ain't speaking. My gift is connecting with humans, with people. Speaking is just, a, um, it's one of the vehicles for me to do that but it's it's but it's not my call and it's not my gift so yeah, yeah nikki i uh I, college is where you know what i'm saying college is where it's like yep got it yep but not on the college campus i need to take it somewhere else and when i got in that environment and started just dealing with regular everyday folks single parent women who got pregnant you know dudes who in and out of prison people who sell dope people who was hopeless like i felt my <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I felt like home court advantage uh, in that joke. So I don't want people to think that I was always confident with this gift. I wasn't. Uh, like I said, in the college, on the college campus around all those smart guys, I had a very, uh, I was very intimidated. Uh, I was very timid. You know, I was very nervous, almost afraid when I would speak on campus. But again, I took it to an environment where I felt comfortable. And, and when I felt comfortable in that environment, I know this may sound crazy, Nikki. But being comfortable in that environment allowed me to come back to campus and be comfortable in the environment where I felt uncomfortable. I guess getting my reps in, you know, where I felt comfortable allowed me to be able to speak even in environments where I didn't feel comfortable. That's good. That's that's good. So we had we had Carl and CJ uh, on the last two episodes kind of giving their rendition of, you know, how the company started. Now, I want people to kind of get an update in terms of how you've transitioned the business and the brand uh, through a pandemic, but you also started the company really during the recession in a way. So give us your rendition or, you know, your, your uh, kind of breeding ground and story from going from Bell Tower Ministries, Oakwood University, to now saying, okay, we're going to go from me to we with a team, a company, a brand, and, and launching this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Oak uh, Oak Beltar was definitely, you know, we, me, Irv, Trey. It was about twelve of us, you know. Um, you know, so so th- those were the similarities. But I think the difference between, you know, Bell Tower and then the uh, first recession that we did our work from in this is the assessment, you know. And 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 you know, I think Carl and I started TGIM, you know. And in that process, bro, it was just kind of like, like I said, it's like. You, you're just shooting in the air and you're hoping you hit something. And, and again, don't get me wrong. You could tell from TGI and we did hit some stuff. But if you look 
guys closely at how we started and then you begin to look at how we transition, you'll see that a lot of it was just guessing games. It was like, well, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this term. You're kind of young, but, you know, on the job training, you know, mm -hmm. that's what it was in the beginning. It was on the job training. It was kind of like, okay, we have an idea and then we go like, we didn't have a plan. If that makes sense. We kind of had ideas. We kind of saw the big picture. And then from the big picture, we kind of made our moves. But when you look at this recession, you, you look at ET, I'm way more intentional and deliberate, way more strategic. It's like, okay, in this recession, we're literally giving the people a sense of direction. You know, like, like it's like, okay, we got a pandemic going on, people all over the place. You know, we're divided as a nation. So people need to learn how to make better decisions, right? And so it's like, okay, uh, people are making decisions because of what, and I don't know if this is a word, but you know, COVID-19 fatigue, you know what I'm saying? Or being stuck in the house fatigue. Like people are finally getting to the point where it's like, yo, we thought this was going to be over in 30 days, 60 days. So really giving people an opportunity to say, okay, what should I be doing? So we literally, if you go on, on our page, not just videos, Nikki, you, you'll see even our memes yeah. now are getting like almost 30,000 hits yeah. because it's direction. It's telling people like, yo, here's what you shouldn't be doing. Here's what you should be doing. Here's what you should be letting happen. Here's what shouldn't be happening. I think most we did some research uh, on people and we're now helping people, you know, also to figure out, yeah, you need to be around people, but what people do you need to be around? You feel right. what I'm saying? So way more direction. Then there's a pace that we need to go at. We're showing people like, yo, you, you need a success routine. Like you just can't wake up in the day and just go for it. Like there's a success routine you need. And then the final one is systematic. Again, we're helping people through the assessment, find their own system. Like, fine. It's like, yo, we do things a certain way and we're telling you, you need to do things a certain way, but we're not going to tell you how you need to do it, what's best for you. But we, you do need a system. You do need to be a little bit more analytical in these, in these time frames. Why? Because some of the resources we had before, some of the opportunities we had before, we don't have no more, including ET. People think I'm above this uh, COVID situation. I'm not. We not. You remember, um, I, I don't know what percent, Nikki, but a large percent of our income came from traveling. It came from, I didn't even know there was such a thing as social distancing, but we did 1,000 people, 5,000 people. I spoke to 10,000 people. I did international work. And so all that was taken from me. And so now systematically, it's like, okay, E, those doors are closed, but use a system to figure out what other doors are open and what other ways. So Moose, <laughs> this, this um, pandemic, or this particular recession, again, we're way more intentional and deliberate and we're able to lead people in four categories. Whereas before, I'm sure we was, I'm, bro, we was taking shots. I'm sure uh, we was hitting something, but we might've been like the old Kobe that was like, Kobe was like, what, 20 for 55? You feel what I'm saying? 25 for 53? Now we're like, we like 20 for 22, bro. Like we are way more effective and way more efficient because we're operating in a system and not necessarily operating um, in what somebody might call, you, you know, just osmosis, bro. We just, yeah. we just hoping, we just wishing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah the assessment, man. The assessment. Here. So let me piggyback a little bit on that when you brought up the event. So clearly, um, you being the flight attendant, like events is gone. 
Talking yeah. like yeah. touching the people is Ooh. gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk to people. I don't like using the word pivot, but that has been the word That's of the, the word year. They use. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Um, talk to people about the pivot that you had to make from touching the people physically to now a virtual standpoint. Like, how did that affect you? the brand, like just talk to the people about that process. Well, you know what? Um, you know, I, I realized by the, the, you know, the blessing of this assessment is that for every strength, Nikki, we have a limitation. And so what I wanted to be able to do was say, okay, maybe this is a time to address those limitations, you know? Uh, so I'll give you an example. You know, I do go to bed, you know, um, and wake up kind of early. I, 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 I don't get a lot of rest. You know, I do grind quite a bit. So I kind of looked at this season as, okay, well, maybe this is the season to do the opposite. Since the opportunity to travel isn't there, maybe this is the time to get a little bit more rest. Maybe this is the time to be a little bit more strategic. You know, maybe this is the time to have way more planning sessions and, and thinking things through and being more systematic than you've ever been before. You know, um, so so that was that's number one. That was the first thing I thought about was like, OK, just because these doors are o- closing for you, which ones are open? You know, uh, number two, I felt like I got closer to the staff. I had way more time to like get on the phone, make phone calls, way more time to Zoom, you know, way more time like to build us because we know the doors are going to open up again. But the question is, are we going to be the same version of ourselves that we were before the doors closed? Or are we going to be a greater version of ourselves when the doors open? So for me, it was like, yo, here there are opportunities. It may not be the ones that you're accustomed to or the ones that you prefer, but during this time frame of pivoting, like look at the areas that as you, and I don't know if this makes sense, guys, but it's almost a situation like, let's look at Kobe, for instance. You remember when Kobe broke his leg Mm -hmm. and when Kobe trained, he was actually building that leg up, but what he wasn't doing was building the other one. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is once he started playing again, he actually ended up injuring the leg that he didn't even injure in the first place because he had put so much on the one. And so I figured, Nikki, like, yo, e, you've been putting a lot of emphasis on one side of your strength. You need to look at the other side that you have not been really focusing on, which, again, is rest, which is reading and studying, you know, uh, which is planning and developing you know, which is uh, strategizing, you know, th- those are the things you weren't doing. And then there's the other thing too, uh, Nikki, like really going, okay, I hope this makes sense. Like same relationships, but more depth than with. Right. You know, because when we was on the road before, we would see each other a lot, but we was moving. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we'd be in the city, like we'd be working two days out that out of that. And then we might hook up maybe at the end of the event. And even with that, you're talking about a whole room full of people trying to catch up with each other. Now, it wasn't that it was bad, but the reality is now I can go deep. Now I can spend some quality time. You know, Moose and I, um, um, the last couple of weeks, um, I think maybe on Friday, we spent maybe 15, 20 minutes not talking about business, just chopping it up on just, I never did that, Nikki. I ain't had no time for that. Right. I had no time to sit down and talk about life. You move, you move. I wouldn't even know he moved. You know what I'm saying? Back <laughs> in the day, I wouldn't even know. Like, oh, you moved? It'd have been like a year later. Oh, right. I heard you move. Moved. Yeah, I did. Like, I wouldn't have known that, you know. So now I'm getting an opportunity to really sit down, study all of the preferences. And now when I'm 
dealing with my staff and dealing with, you know, everybody else, you know, it's like I know how to approach them differently now because the assessment shows me whatever. I just never had time to do that before. I knew how important it was. I knew how critical it was to know Nikki's language, to know Moose language. I just didn't I just didn't have time to do it. You know, or let me say this. I didn't make time when things were just going phenomenal for us. But as we've had to pull back from the travel, now I've getting I've getting an opportunity to 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 strengthen parts of us and divisions of us that are critical that I just never made time to before. That's good. That's yeah. That's good. That's that's lessons. Yeah. That's lessons. Sure, for sure. Doc, I've had. And, and, and both this, I'm sorry. I believe when we do come back together, this is just my belief. I believe we're gonna be way stronger and better. And also, I don't know if y'all did this, but I I didn't know I was doing this. But I literally took a lot of stuff for granted. Yes. I, I mean, we was on the road every, you know, two, three times. A, I mean, personally, I was on the road probably about 15 times a, yeah. you know what I'm saying, 10, 15 times a week. I mean, a month. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying as a group, we were together. I mean, come on, y'all. Between um, the flight assessment, between us doing it at the property, people coming in to get trained, either our coaches that are veterans or our new trainees that were coming to the facility to get one-on-one, tra- um, you know, in-person training. Um, whether it was church events, whether it was on the road, whether it was podcast, like we was together all day, every day. Yeah. Right. You feel me? And I took granted that, yo, we just going to be able to get on the road, come spend time together, chop it up, eat, you know, go to see the, what, what, what did we go see? Um, um, Harriet Tubman yep. together. Like I just took for granted. We in the theater, we didn't bought the theater out. We in there chilling. I took all that for granted. And so once we get back to the road, I promise you, I, <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be like eating the last, you know, the last bowl of cereal, the last Captain Crunch, you know, <laughs> the last Captain Crunch in the in the building, you know. So uh, I'm looking forward though to getting back. I'm not gonna lie, I'm, uh, I'm at fatigue right now. Um, it's just been literally me and my wife, you know, literally Jada's coming um, in a couple of days, but for the uh, for the Christmas holiday. But it's just been literally me and my wife, and while I enjoy it. It's just never been, even Chris, I mean, Thanksgiving, it was just me and her. That's never happened before. So uh, it's getting a little, you know, it's getting a little, it's getting, a, getting, getting, getting a little hectic, you know what I'm saying? But hopefully we'll be out of this thing in about another four or five months. Hopefully yeah. sooner. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Hopefully. For real. Like I'm hearing worst man. nightmare. Sheesh. Yeah. Man. Man, Doc, you know, I've had um, both the blessing and the privilege to co-create programs with you to uh, sit in on certain trainings or uh, share certain frameworks within trainings. And I think the one part that we really discovered, or at least that I've noticed through what you do is how much of the success journey being an inside out process. So while we talk a lot about the flight assessment and how it helps you to discover your purpose, find your strengths, do a lot of things, you know, like you said, nurture that process. We also learned that we're not naive of the limitations. Can you talk to us a little bit more about this season, how you're starting to kind of be more mindful of the limitations and how that inside, like we talk about inside out process, how you taking care of the limitations on the inside is now helping you to see success externally on a whole new level. 
Yeah, I think one of the most frustrating things uh, about success is building, man, and then you being the same person that tear it down. You know, wow. it's 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 so frustrating, man, to, you know, have this superpower. I remember the movie Hancock, you know, where Will Smith was, you know, a character, and my man was superpower phenomenal, but he just had, you know what I'm saying, he just couldn't get it together, you know what I'm saying, uh, and would be doing some dumb, stupid, destructive stuff. Uh, think about the movie The Incredibles, you know, the cartoon animated boy The Incredibles, like, Incredibles would be doing phenomenal stuff, but then the, some rookie uh, Incredibles, you know, be, would mess up, you know. And so I think I've been so, I've been so moved, moved by the pursuit of perfection, not perfection, because we'll never get there, but the pursuit of perfection. And I hate building something up and then being the same person that tear it down. And I realize when you don't address your limitations, that's what you do. You know, on this side, you may build something up, but then you're the same person to tear that thing down. And I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that, of course, I'm not going to be perfect and I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to own those mistakes. But I don't but I don't want to tear down what we built up. And you see so many ministries and so many individuals, you know, who build stuff and tear down or you find you find communities that build together, but then once they get to the height of success, they divide, they separate. It's like, like they built it together, but they can't keep it together. You know, and I don't want to be that guy, man. I don't want to be the guy that we build all this great stuff, but success divides us. That people now start having, you know, these, this self-ambition, you know, and, and these self-goals. And there's nothing wrong with having individual goals and wanting to accomplish something meaningful within your space. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it becomes about you, when we built it, I don't. I just don't want that, bro. So those are the two things. I want to continue to build, build up, and keep building, and I want to keep building together. Like I don't want to look up, and it's like, yo, we've been together for three years. Oh, we've been together for five. You know what I'm saying? But we've been together for like I want to be like, yo, fifteen, twenty. Like I really enjoy being able to say this company has been in existence this long. And these people came this year, and this is the anniversary, if that makes sense. You feel me like this is this person's anniversary. Not, but we had to get a brand new videographer. We had to get a brand new, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not interested in that, bro. Like, I, I want to build with the people that we built with at whatever stage, and I want to keep building with those people. And that's what the assessment allows me to do. It allows me to go, A.E., these are the things that you do well that are going to attract people to you. These are the things that you do that are going to make the same people who love you despise you. Be cautious of these. And then there's some things that you can't, um, how, do I, how do I say this? There's certain things you can't stop from happening if you wanted to, Moose. But what you do now is you, you compliment yourself by bringing the person in your sphere of influence who does not have that limitation. So instead of building a whole bunch of people who think like me, act like me, and have my preference, a part of my success is not only attracting people who are like me, it's also attracting people who are not like me because they have strengths that I don't have, if that makes sense. That's good. Yeah. Another one. Um, <laughs> okay, so there are a lot of people who listen to this and watch this who have a brand and is at a point of building a team, right? Now, 
We've been screaming to death the flight assessment. But when you started building your team, you didn't have that. If you could do it again, what, with the flight assessment, what type of person would you hire first? Air traffic control. Break that down. Air traffic control, no doubt. Air traffic control because no general contractor begins building a building without an engineer. That engineer is going to get him a blueprint. Hold, wait, show, first of all, you're not going to speed past that. Like, you didn't just say what you just said. Break that down. <laughs> yeah. So, so no, no general contractor, even though he is the, he is the lead of the project, right? He or she is the lead of the project. It is what it is. They're, they, they are the contractor. You know what I'm saying? They manage that whole um, site, they, the project. They manage everything. Right. But prior to them being able to get started and do their job, they need an engineer who can take their big vision and put that vision on paper, write the vision, make it plain. Because people can't begin to support you in your big vision without seeing it on paper, without seeing the steps. People need steps. So if I'm going to build a 13-story high-rising, like I need, I need to know the dimensions of every room or the, the dimensions of you know, every aspect. You know, I need to know wall. You know, I, it's just a lot that I need to know. I got to bring in different um, individuals to help support this, whether it be the bricklayers, whether it be the, um, whether it be the city. You know, um, the um, the licensing. Like it's a lot of players involved. Right. So without that document, we can't move forward. You know, I was looking at. Um, Thanksgiving, and they were showing all the planes. I think, Moose, it was probably over 10,000 planes in the sky. Uh, uh, when I tell you that image was like, whoa, well, you can't send 10,000 plus pilots and co-pilots in the earth without a plan or a system. 10,000 people, they kill themselves. They, everybody be running into each other. So you need an air traffic control to say, Yo, guys, yeah, 10,000, we good. We're going to send all 10,000. But you need to know what time to take off. You need to know what time to land. You need to know how, how to fly. You need to know which direction to go. Not only do you have to get to your destination, we have to make sure that the other 10,000 planes that are also trying to get to their destination don't crash into one another. So now, knowing what I know about the flight assessment, it must start, it must start with an air traffic control. And that was the one thing we didn't have. So there was no way for us to measure or quantify what type of success we were having, if we were having any success or measure where we measure our growth, you know, or, or, or whatever. I, I don't know what is the opposite of not growth is, but whatever that is, we needed to be able to measure. And we weren't measuring anything. So we kept making the same mistakes or we kept getting the same success without, um, you, you know, without knowing what that success was. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we could do it all over again grateful for CJ and his leadership, but C needed a blueprint, a plan for his leadership, if that makes sense. That's good. Moose, can we acknowledge that he doesn't know the opposite of growth because he's done so much of it that (laughs) he does not. He's like, growth. Whatever the other thing of growth yeah. isn't yeah, like, that is. yeah, but I, I've never experienced it. But that thing, whatever that is, I love it. I love it. I love it. So yeah, whatever that is, I I don't even know. Right. Yeah. I forgot about that. 
It's been a minute. Thanks. <laughs> we all strive to be there. That's good. That's good. Yeah, Doc, Doc on, on that same breadth of team, talk to us about the balance of power that happens because I think one of the things that people may struggle with is, well, I'm the idea person or I'm the driver. What do you mean uh, I got to start with the air traffic control or any of those things, right? What's the balance of power so that we can avoid those things that create division, right? Like you said, ego, animosity, jealousy, individualism. What's the balance of power that protects that so that people can build for the long term? The balance of power is what protects that. <laughs> the balance of power. Understanding that no one human has been designed to do it all. It doesn't make sense. There's no t- Kobe Bryant, okay, yeah, he scored 80-some points. But somebody else scored some points too. Somebody else got some rebounds. and Somebody else had to defend somebody. And somebody else got assists. And somebody else got some steals. It wasn't those 82 points alone that won the game for them. It was his 82 with the collaboration of the other team members, whatever they did on defense, offense, you know, whatever they did. However they contributed before, after the game, you know, during the game, even if they didn't play and you were cheerleading on the sideline and you were giving people energy. That's all a part of what it took to successfully, you know, win that game. And so, um, yeah, everybody has to understand that with your strengths comes a corresponding limitation. And with your strength alone, it's not enough to get what needs to get done done. It's just not enough. You by yourself is not enough, if that makes sense. E.T. speaking, man, I tell people all the time, like, again, I say this, much respect to CJ. But if Carl wasn't physically cutting and editing and posting those videos up on social media. Bro, nobody would know who we are today. I, I was, I, there was an ET before Carl. And that ET, ET to me was just as powerful, if not powerful, in terms of messages, but nobody got them. They never went out to the world. Nobody recorded. <laughs> nobody put it up. So, so you feel what I'm saying? So yeah, you can say, oh, ET, undisputed, number one motivational speaker in the world. Okay, that's cool. But without Carl, nobody knows who Eric is. And without Carl, nobody knows. How do I say this? Nobody can keep going back to the messages. Like when I grew up, if I would speak back when I was 20, 21, you hear the message live. That's pretty much it. You might can get an audio cassette tape. But, bro, cassette tape's not durable like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not going to be able to keep up with that forever. Carl put that sucker uh, on the world where, uh, worldwide web, and now whenever you want to, you can keep going back and watching. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Carl. Shout out to Carl. Shout out yeah. to Carl. E, you've been you've been doing this for a few years, just a few, just quite a few, a right? Few. Um, I think a lot of people want to know. What keeps you going? Like, why Why are you still grinding? You have been titled the undisputed motivational speaker of the world. Uh, you've, you know, financially you're good, family's good, everything like that. You're now uh, in a brand new house and all that great stuff. What, what keeps you with the grind? Like, you're still waking up at three. You're still, you know... We're, we're doing multiple certifications. We're doing, you know, still doing the events so every, almost now every month, almost the same schedule as if it was live. Like, what, what is that thing? 
It was a flight attendant. I don't get on a plane to go on a trip. As a flight attendant, I get on the plane to make sure those who are headed to a certain destination have the most pleasant experience. Like, that's what I do. And so I think with the flight assessment, we're actually helping more people with their experience than ever before, which is why I'm excited because, like I said before, we were doing our thing randomly. But now we have a system that we know if people plug into that system, they're going to get the same success that we're getting. So in terms of my, my, I eat, I sleep, I breathe people's experience. I don't want people to be in toxic relationships. Like I don't want people to be mentally and emotionally unhealthy. I don't want people to be broke. I don't want people to have a bad credit score. Like my job is your experience. Like I've been put on this earth to make sure that you're not just on the earth, that you don't just have life, but you have it more abundantly. Like that's what I'm here for. Like your experience. That's what I do. I literally get on the plane to make sure that when you get in your seat and you're headed to your destination, that it is the most pleasant experience that you'll ever have. Like that's my, and so again, with this assessment, I'm able to do it in a way that I've never been able to do it before, you know? And so it's not about my house. It's not about my career. It's not about my bank account. I was literally put on this earth to one, live it so that you can know it's possible and then show you how I did it, you know? And so with the, with these, platforms, even with this platform, you guys are using it to really entice people and help people to understand and persuade people like, yo, you need to take this. Like, like when people ask me what book you read, I'm saying you should be taking the assessment and read the book of me. And what does that mean? Like you should be reading about you and learning about you. Why are you studying other people so much? Like when are you going to study yourself and get to know you so that you can have more control of you, your gifts, your life, your decision-making, just everything you do. So that's why I do it because I was called to make sure that everybody has a phenomenal experience that comes into our presence. If you don't fly with us, I can't, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I can't help you if you don't fly with us. But if you fly with us, then we're going to make sure that you have the best experience while you're here, you know, on this earth. And that's what moves me. Yo, did we do the videos, Nikki? Did the videos get out? Did the videos get out right? Was the font right? Why? Because everything affects people's experience. And I just want to make sure that while we're on this earth, that they had the best experiences ever. And with you guys' support, especially Beast Mode Digital, we're going to be in a position where even when I leave this earth, we'll still have content to be able to give the people the experience that they were able to get, you know, their parents or grandparents while I was physically here on earth. So I guess for me too, I'm racing against time. Like, yo, I don't know how many more years I have. So I want to be able to put out the most purest, the best content. So in my absence, people could still get that same energy that you guys have preserved, uh, crystallized and memorialized, you know, through, through the digital platform. Another one. <laughs> yeah. Doc, yeah. bring us home, man. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it's been a phenomenal episode just kind of listening and, and what I always admire most is your progression, man. It's like, I always think like, yeah, there's no way you can get any better. And there's always you figure out some some way somehow to to look for the next opportunity to figure the next area of growth. So I can advance a little bit here, and I realize that at your level, like just a one percent improvement can make a radical shift. So bring us home with you know what's next, what's the what what's in, what's entail, what what does the vision entail, you know, for this next year, and uh, yeah, close us out. Yeah, I think what's next, and this may sound weird. Uh, what's next is focusing more on the micro and less on the macro, you know? 
I think as I go into 2021, I need to do a better job of taking the same energy, the same resources that I would give to the world and give to the team. You know, I think sometimes I think because the team is with me, you know, that they're moving with me and everybody's not moving the same way. And I think uh, with the systems now that we have, if we could get our staff tight work, then our staff could double the work or triple the work that we're doing. Like, just think about if our staff right now, you got some 1% or some 20-something percent or some 60-something percent, we can get everybody to be 2% or 3%, you know what I'm saying, collectively. Just think about how much more we're going to be able to do on the earth. So I think I want to shift my focus from macro to micro uh, and spend more time doing the same thing I do for the world doing that for our, our family, our team, you know, the, the ETA family, you know, and I just feel like if I put more time into helping them grow, then when they actually do the work that they do, they're going to do it at a different level. They've ever been able to do it before. So uh, that's my focus uh, for, for this year, really working with leaders, you know, working with the people that work with the people, as opposed to just worrying about the experience of the people. Now I want to train and develop people who work with people, if that makes sense. I want to work with the leaders that work with the people. Good. Luce, can I ask one more question? Can I ask one oh, more question? Oh, go for it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, e, you've been a words person for a bit. And for 2021, what is going to be your word? Yeah, so um, decisive. You know, I realize that only 12% of the world naturally understands the importance of that word and how critical that word is. Uh, and, and 88% kind of shy away from it. But the reality is you will have limited success in your life if you're not decisive. And again, I'm not trying to bully you into being decisive over a specific thing. But what I am saying is you really do need to determine what is it that you are here for. What are you, what are you, what are you on this earth for? What do you, what are you called to do? What are you going to do? You know, and I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm not talking about over a 50 year, like what you going to do today? And you really need to decide what am I going to do today? So I'm going to help people um, this year through words because words are powerful. Words either break us or heal us. You know, words determine our mental and emotional wellness. Words determine, um, what type of success we have or we don't have, what type of, you know, health or, or, or sickness we have. Like words are the most powerful thing. I mean, you think about Moose, if you speak a different language than me and I don't know the language you speak, we can't even communicate. Like we can't even have a relationship. You know, this is how powerful words are. So we need to do a better job of using our words to guide our lives. And so this year it's like, yo, I don't care who you are. You need to be decisive. Like you need to set a course and stick to that doggone course, right? Uh, and so that's my word for myself, my word for you. Uh, I was fortunate, and hopefully for those of you who are listening, you still have time, or if you're alive, you still have time because we record. But the uh, last um, session that we did for the Rebuild Series Future, like Anthony Flynn, who is by nature decisive, is going to help you. He helped me. He helped the team. And this is deep, y'all, because I believe we're seeing another level of success because I'm being decisive. And then I bring my team with me to see what 
I'm going to be decisive about in 2021. Once they understand what I'm going to be decisive about, uh, two years ago was about being inspiring. I wanted to be the most inspiring person in the world. And as a result of that, Nikki was like, well, if that's what's going to happen, you're going to have to decide, even though you don't like to, you're going to have to decide to do these things, right? And look at me, I'm in my office. Like I've had to make a decision to get an office, to set the computer up myself, to set the um, uh, camera up. You know, when I say by myself, of course, Nikki them are walking me through it, but they're not here to help me like they were before. You know, I got my light right here. Like, guys, I had to be decisive. Like, yo, E, if you're going to, if you're going to survive in this Zoom world that maybe before you didn't have to be a d digital dude, but you're going to have to be a digital dude now. So I just had to make some decisions. So a lot of you, your challenge is you're not being decisive. You're not, you're not setting a course and sticking to that. And I'm going to help you this year. So make sure if you get the replay of Rebuild. It's not if you're watching this and we're not in 2021 yet, you still have a chance to do it. Rebuildseries.com. Rebuildseries.com. Future. You want all of them. But future is the one I'm talking about right now in terms of we use all of December to get decisive. To, to, to not be all over the place, but to decide what we were going to focus on and then we can't switch it up and we're going to move on that, you know, in 2021. So, yep, that's, um, that's, that's it. That's it, man. Thank you guys, man. This has been, you know, anytime I do this, I have to listen to myself. I have to think, I have to reflect. And, um, and so, yeah, there's some things I said I was going to do. I'd like to listen to this six months later and see if I actually, you know, did what I said. So let's have a watch party you know, maybe at the end of the third quarter, let's have a watch party, go over this again, and let's talk about the stuff that we talked about and see how far we've gotten somewhere in between March and April. But can we talk about how crispy you look? I just want to acknowledge right. the, the right. for, been, like I said, it the, took a minute to get there, but we got there for y'all. You know all my, all my podcast audio people, I need you Real quick to just click on YouTube and see how crispy he's like, even with the background. I shout yeah. out to Iconics with the, the canvas and everything like that. But crispy, I don't know any other motivational speaker that's looking this crispy. This is, you know, this is me and my my opinion. And you have an opinion. Yeah, <laughs> you know, one, one or two of those, one or two. Yeah. First off, announcements. Listen, every Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Right, Moose? We got a new time. Yep. I got to remember this new time. 7.30 yeah. p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central, sometime West Coast, because I can never remember it. Facebook Live, me and Moose are always on there to talk to the people, give you a preview of what's new, and kind of talk about teamwork, trending topics, all that great stuff, facebook.com slash Nikki and Moose, and follow us everywhere, Nikki and Moose on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere, YouTube, y'all know, y'all know what I mean, but uh, E, thank you so much for thank being guys, on. Uh, we wanted a full-blown um, episode about the flight assessment from the person himself, as well as a look Inside the brand. So we had to get Carl and see, but we definitely wanted 
you on for the 10th. This is episode 10. Even numbers, even numbers. And we had to get E on. So thank you, E, for being on. Moose. When you say 10, like you guys only did 10 episodes all together? Of the podcast. Of the podcast. Yeah, 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 of the podcast. So we had the the Facebook Live show going on to build the audience. I'm talking about when you had the the countdown and all the way. Bells and whistles, the yeah, J Lo, yeah, yeah. Rick Ross. Yeah, okay. that's the right, that's the Facebook guys. Live joint. All right, all right, I love it. You guys are doing a phenomenal job, man. I um, yeah, I catch them, man. I like to just see the crispiness of them. It's just like, yeah, them joints crispy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and then just the um, just the innovative look at people that we admire. You know what I'm saying? And breaking their lives down, not just so we could be breaking their lives down, like on some gossip and stuff but on some empowerment stuff, like really making a connection between, yo, I got the same skill set that that person has. Man, I could be doing more. So I, I really do love the commentary. It's how you guys um, break that down. There's just so much garbage in the world right now to, to, to see something that is elevating, you know, life-changing, empowering. It, y'all know me, man. I can't stand garbage, you know, and it's not because I'm like, oh, I think I'm better than you. It's just like I know garbage in, garbage out. You know, you put positive stuff in, positive stuff going to come out. So, yeah, super proud of y'all. And I just want people to know this is what it's about. Like, you join a family and you join at one level and then you got to take it to another level. And you got to contribute and add and you guys are really making the brand look phenomenal. So, keep on, yeah, keep doing what you're doing. And, hey, at least get me on once or twice a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't forget about your boy. Oh, we got you. Hey. We received that cosign though. We received Facts. that cosign. That was a, you know what I'm saying? That was a, a nice little cosign. Listen, right there. you heard him. He's, he's coming once heart. or twice a year. <laughs> once or twice a year to the podcast, yeah. people. Somebody hold them to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Doc, you do the honors, man. You do the honors. Final words. Close us out. Your final words is um, I don't know how much life you got left, but live the rest of it. No drama. You know, no, 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 nothing toxic. Like you control you. So you owe it to you to get yourself the best life you could possibly have. So again, as I always say, small steps, great distances and make the rest of your life the best of your life.